Hello. Welcome to Closed Door Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Mill Ivory. If you're looking for a non-judgmental, open and honest conversation about any and all things that are usually discussed behind closed doors, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 CDC fam. So we're just picking up in this conversation where we left off in the last conversation. So I hope you enjoyed part one and part two, we're just going to get right into it. So if you have not listened to part one, you may want to go back and listen to part one because you may be lost just a little TT. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy part one and we're just going to get right into part two. Let go. When you think about Martin Luther King and you think about protesting and going sitting at a, a lunch table where somebody doesn't want you, do you realize that we had bowling alleys and grocery stores and hotels and skating rings? I didn't even know that. And my mom had to explain that to me, right? Yeah, so, but yeah. when you took yourself to go sit at someone else's counter and you fought to go stay at the Hilton, you closed down gyms. You closed down Roberts and Bob's and well, you know, you closed down the things in your neighborhood and you put yourself in this position. I watched Raising in the Sun the other day. It was the most painful thing to ever watch because I was like, wow, you go force yourself to go be in this neighborhood because you want to be in this neighborhood. Now you become what? A small fish in a big mm-hmm. pond. And right. instead of being able to make a dent in your community and actually be able to stand up and make changes in your own community, you got to hide because somebody might bust a hole through your window. Why I just had this conversation. So you're taking the people who are lawyers and doctors and teachers and you took them out of a neighborhood and now you just put a neighborhood in destitute because now they people around you don't even have a positive example of what a black person can do because you've moved away from your own neighborhood. So I don't think integration was really supposed to be the answer. And I just had this conversation with someone, Erica. It's it's a double-edged sword, though, at the end of the day. Because even as a business owner, um, we don't support each other the way that we should because we're not forced to, if that makes sense. Why should you be forced to shop Black or forced to support a small business that's black owned you shouldn't we should stick together well i'm gonna say this and i don't have a problem supporting black business right but what i do have a problem with is not feeling that my money is appreciated so sometimes you know it's like when you're supporting some of these businesses you're kind of like it's like you're um it's like oh you should support me because i'm black no. no, I shouldn't, especially if you are professional. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Y'all yes, don't nothing like... burn me up more than somebody that's doing business. And this this is making me feel like, you know, the whiz. You can't win. You know what I'm saying? Girl. <laughs> it's like I talk about this all the time because if I come here and you can't even freaking bust a smile, but then when a white person comes in, now you're smiling. Yeah. Oh, cheesy, cheesy. What can I do? So you just support who supports you. Go where you feel comfortable and where people treat you right, you know? I absolutely agree. And I feel like my ex-husband, he did not, he did not try to overcompensate at all. And any of our problems had nothing to do with our race. It's just like his level of seriousness on certain subjects was just not for me. But other than that, (laughs) I can say that, you know, he married a black woman. His family flew all the way to Germany to come meet me and 
that, you know, they held my grand, their, my baby, their grandbaby, they held it the most and they held it just as tight as all the rest of the kids. And they love my little half black son, you know, so I don't know. You can go around your black family and they'd be like, mm, you know, okay. it just depends, and, you know, it really And that's exactly is. what I'm saying, Erica. Um, when I when I make the statement, are other races responsible for what happened next? And I just said white America. But you know what I'm saying? I think that is an example of what I'm talking about. It's up to everyone to start treating everyone like they're not the color of who who they're stereotyped to be. Well, I feel yeah. like this that Colin that Colin show to me it kind of put in perspective, right? So, like you're saying, is it up to them to take on this and to make it right? But if they don't know what we're experiencing, how can they make something right? In that show, it's like his his parents did not understand what he was experiencing because they were not experiencing it from the same perspective does that make sense like oh, so that's, they, that's because if one of them is black and one of them is white all they can do is that right yeah i tell, I was, I tell people this all the time we can all go through the same scenario and have a different experience mm-hmm. okay my mom uh, all her uh children are have black fathers right mm-hmm. we're all different colors i'm the only brown skinned no, me and my sister, I got one sister that's brown skin. I'm tall. Everybody else is short. Everybody else got big boobs, <laughs> small feet, and I'm brown skin. And I got one light-skinned sister who all she can talk about is how she was treated as a light-skinned person and how she was mistreated. Mm. And oh I look my at goodness. her and I'm like, girl, I have I'm no working. idea what you, I have no idea what she's talking about when she's no she, Erica. That's the person thing. who taught I'm me actually, what colorism is. I didn't even oh, know what colorism was until like two years ago. I was like, girl, we done found some other shit to be mad about. Damn. <laughs> no, I need to talk to your sister because I'm working on a colorism show. Jeez. People, there is a thing. I get so tired of just really, you know, I said to her one time, I said, you know, is it really racism or colorism or is it just some people are fucking assholes and they're going to find a reason or a way to treat you differently and make you feel a way because they are just shitty people. But Miss Erica, do you feel like colorism kind of starts in the family, though? Like, because do you feel like you guys were all treated the same in this in the house? Or were I don't you know. We all got lined up. We all got lined up and we all got our asses at the same time. <laughs> so I don't really know. When she's talking about that colorism, she's talking about um, in the world. In no, school, I actually, no? the, the show that I'm working on is Two Sisters. Date mm-hmm. It's it's where you, as a matter of fact, Keisha. Yes. We just gonna touch on this because Keisha has a what I call uh, Keisha's brown skin, but she has a light skinned sister. So, so, yeah, my sister, my older sister, um, of course, is my on my father's side because she's she's from Alabama, which is a that's a totally different subject for another day, but. <laughs> Alabama has a mind of its own. I'm, I'm from South Carolina. So I learned a lot of things, you know, since she moved down here. And one of those things is she didn't really know what colorism was. She had never heard of a paper bag test. She was like, what's that? You never heard of the brown bag test? And she was like, no. 
Well, I'm like, you lighter than the brown bag. Girl, get all I, pride, but I pride myself in being the type of person that loves every color. Let's just be clear. Mm. And there's no oh. knock on nobody else because it's, it's a particular personal preference for me. And mm -hmm. it seems down all the way to the color of the penis and the texture of the hair. But mm -hmm. I just can't. Well, some white people got some pretty dark penises, man. Yeah. They do. It'd be pretty dark. Maybe, maybe if I seen one, I'd feel better because I can't do an eraser. But. I don't know. Okay. I'll be telling people they need to go back because you might not know who you really are. So maybe I'm running <laughs> to the wrong people. I don't know because I just I just have to have me a black man. But it's crazy because I used to be in a situation where what I what made me say that is I ain't if you ain't at least paper set brown, then what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> don't judge me. We're not. It's no judgment here, but um, Miss Erica, I've never seen a man, a a a man of a different ethnicity that oh, had wow. a dark skin penis like a black man. But listen, y'all don't get me on the subject. Y'all know I like to talk about stuff like this, but I just got one question. So it's really like white men and stuff out there that got like pretty brown penises. I wouldn't say pretty brown, but they be pretty dark. You know, it's pretty dark. <laughs> it's pretty dark. Okay, I, I'm gonna stay on topic because this we is a problem conversation. We ain't gonna go there, but yeah. Okay. So before <laughs> we are like having dark time, knees, so. you look at somebody's kneecaps and you're like, they kneecap is pretty dark, you know? Oh shit, nah. Or, I learn oh, or you know <laughs> that thing on the edge of your butt, you're pretty dark. You're like, damn, it's getting pretty dark. It ain't pink. I think what the thing is, the problem is, what people think is white really is not white. That, you know what it, it comes it seems from that too but it's amazing because like i said i've had a conversation with black men and it th this conversation with my black queens it's completely different from what the conversation that i had with them but again i say this all the time regardless of how i feel like i'm not a prejudiced person i feel like first of all as a black person, you are going to experience more or have more of what you feel like boundaries that are going to mm -hmm. be tested. But especially as a black man, there are some things that only a black man can tell you because they do carry a lot. So they're going to be, it's going to be a little different from them. But well, go ahead. I'm my sorry. My father, he used to really break things into categories because there's this thing called rednecks. It's a thing called a brass ankle. And he would talk about all, he would name all these different people. And I would think like, oh, he was so crass. But he really knew what he was talking about because there's a lot of people passing that aren't white and they've been passing for generations. They're not what you call white people. If you can tan, you're not white. The queen, Prince Charles, those are white people. People who get damaged by the sun, those are white people. They My can't. My daddy used to tell me that all the time, Erica. I promise These people you that you think that. are white are not white. He used to tell me, I'm going to tell you because he ratchet. We, you know, that's just, we just real like they that. My stepdaddy, yeah, they just, say, they just My stepdaddy used to say, anybody that has a tint of melanin in them cannot consider themselves white. And you know, for years, these white men was fucking these black slaves. Excuse me. So you really don't know who black and who really not. Which 
Oh my God, I seen the movie on Netflix. It's I not even just out. black slaves, because you know, there was black people that was free. We even there free were times, but I'm just saying it okay, you know, I, what they was doing. I guess particulars sometimes. <laughs> we like, they no, no, try no. to make like that's all we ever did with No, no, that's like, not what like, I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is there were slave owners that were having sex with their with their black yeah. slaves. And so therefore, this is a basically these interracial kids or these mixed kids, mixed kids being around. And it was leading me to have any of you guys seen the movie on Netflix called Passing? Yes. I've seen That's it. what I thought about when I said that. So yeah. you you know the significance of that movie. Erica or Asia, have you guys ever seen that movie Passing? No, but I mean, I know there's a whole town in North Carolina where that's where mulatto people went. You know, people who, you know, and my grandmother... Here's an incident. A girl walked up to me and said, I was going to come and say something to you yesterday, but you were walking with that white lady. And I was like, what white lady? I was with uh, my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Right. My grandmother has gray, silver eyes. You know what? My and, grandmother's skin is as brown as mine, but her eyes are green. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I don't know. know. You know, she could have did whatever she wanted to do. She could have, you know, she could have made different kinds of choices. But you know, but right. If you guys ever get the opportunity to to watch Passing, I I think it's a good movie. And I really don't be advertising other people's stuff because if I'm advertising on my platform, baby, you paying me. But that's a good movie. It's about a black lady that passed as white because she was so light skinned, and it was it's is a huge thing. But yeah, I saw it. You did see it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was crazy to me. That was so crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so a couple of questions. And because we're going to get ready to end this conversation. But I didn't get to ask these questions because we was talking. And I think I want to know what racial stereotypes do you believe people have about you? If any. Did I smoke weed? Did I braid? <laughs> did I braid? That I'm good at braiding hair. Um, I can't do that. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, the biggest thing is sex. Oh, because a lot of people are looking at you. You know, that jungle fever type situations where maybe you don't know sometimes if people are attracted to you because they think, oh, black women just are, you know, good in bed and they're real freaky. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've lived in Germany and other places. So, yeah, it that stuff, you know. And Asia, you said what? I Did said that I'm angry. angry. You know. Oh, that you're angry. Yes, because you're black. You you automatically, you, you're angry. You got an attitude problem. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had that out of the blue? Someone just says, calm down. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't even do nothing. Right. So you probably and it's probably because your voice is escalated and they feel like you angry all of a sudden. And I'm right? sarcastic. I'm just a joker. You know what I'm saying? Right. 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 I'm not angry. <laughs> have you ever experienced that, Keisha? Um, or do you feel like people have any racial stereotypes about you, particularly? <clears throat> I think a lot of people don't know how to take me, especially in well, in my work in the workplace. And when I used to work in-house, there's a lot of manager-type um, people. They wouldn't even speak to me. 
because oh, wait, stop right there stop right there i hate to cut you off but that's going into the next question so i'm gonna go ahead and let you speak on it and i want the other ladies to be thinking about it because that was the next question how mm -hmm. has your family or social circles as in work or friends ever made a racist comment or made you feel that they were being racist and if so how did you respond so finish with what you were saying yeah got me off off thought now when you cut me off your supervisors ah, you were saying something about your supervisors in the workplace right okay. and that's what so, made me think about that question okay so so basically you know when i talk i talk more direct that's how i feel i talk but they take it as if I'm mean or um, I'm, I'm upsetting the customer. No, I'm not upsetting the customer. There's a difference between telling the truth and telling bullshit. Right. And I just don't sugarcoat anything at my job. So that's how I felt when I worked in-house. I feel a whole lot better since I work from home now because I don't have to worry about them worrying about what I have to say or tipping toeing across me or anything like that. Don't tiptoe across me. Call me and tell me what you need to say. Right. Be direct so, I can, with it. So, so that I can directly tell you what I need to say. And that will be our <laughs> conversation. No, but we arguing because black people like to argue. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. Well I think too, like what I noticed at work is I'll understand something you say, well, do this and then do this. And then I'm like, okay, good. But then I would notice like a lot of people like to over talk and over explain things. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like I got it already. Like, like, I don't know. Like, like you have to over explain to me so that I can understand. Right. Like they see you as being curt, but they like are over talkers. And I would just get so tired of people just trying to over explain stuff to me. But then again, is that being condescending? Like, do you think I don't understand? So I don't know. That opened a whole nother door when she just said that. So I, <laughs> that's, that's something oh, else too. You're being condescending. How? You can't even, you can't even explain. <laughs> wow. You just so, listened to what the customer said. You didn't listen to what I had We could talk about this all day. I could tell you okay. about that all day. <laughs> so guys we talked about the different i touched on just the social movements and i know that everybody probably feel a different way about it and i'm just curious because i do know that everybody probably feel a different way but when you guys hear black lives matter what does that mean to you what do you believe it and what what do you believe um it means to people who have a different viewpoint um i want to go first <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that to me, honestly, um, don't cancel me out as not being black when I say this, but um, I don't think it means anything to me because people will say black lives matter, but then they'll turn around and kill a black person, a black person will kill a black person. You know what I mean? You're just mm -hmm. saying black lives matter. So does it really? Or is it just when it comes to going against a different race that it matters? Like, right. To, to me, even you've mentioned something earlier in the show about like, you know, when we say nigger to each other or nigga, it don't mean the same. No, we don't say that. Like, even with my son, if I, if I, if I attempt to say like, nigga, he'd be like, what you say? What did you right. call me? 
Like, you well, know, I, and, and in, 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 I do call my friends bitch, but I never, I don't never say I call them nigger, but I do, I'll call other people nigger just if I, if I think they're being an asshole and then, <laughs> and I'll let them know. I used to do it to this white girl that worked with me all the time. Cause she used to always talk about how redneck she was. I'd be like, nigger, please. Intentional. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying now. But see, I, I just don't I've never got gotten called the, the word. I don't really say it. Like I never allowed I, my kids to say it, which is crazy. I didn't allow them to say stupid. I didn't allow them to say shut up. It's just certain things that I feel like are disrespectful terms. But that is then being like a hypocrite, no? Because it's like you can say it, but then they can't say it. But they learn based on your actions. They don't well, learn yeah, based I was on your raised, words. I was raised in the um, I was raised in the era of do what I say, do not as I do, stay in a child's place. Mm. So Ooh. that's how I raise my kids. And I think some of that is missing, but we're going to talk about that at another time. Yes. About what happened to the village and why everybody got to be friends and equals with their kids. That's a whole nother conversation. Okay. Adult, I paid my dues, so you do what I tell you to do. Yeah. Respectfully. I tell my son to call me out. So I say, call me out, bro. Because you know what? You're just learning how to be, you got to learn how to be here. So that's as strong as you are here. That's how strong you got to be in the world, you know. So there's a lot of stuff I kind of let my son call me out. So, do you have any thoughts on what Black Lives Matter mean to you? Or me, kind of you asking me? It? Yes, you asking. I upon my research, I feel like it was just a term to weaponize and manipulate our people, to have them out in the streets protesting for things that really didn't have anything to do with us. That's how I feel. Um, I feel that we've been manipulated and we they've been telling us it's about us and they proved it with the 2020 elections that guess what? It really wasn't about you. And they, they throw the word black around you know, people calling themselves black that aren't black because you know you ain't black. You know not you're, not you're not what it is to be the representation of black. And yeah, I'll say that for Kamala Harris. Um, and uh, there's another girl. It's not. It's not. Oh my, so you basically feel like it's just to manipulate and agenda. there's a young lady who ran for um, public office and she's uh, Ethiopian. And you would think, oh, Ethiopian people are black and Egyptian people are black. And I'm gonna tell you something. Egyptians don't consider themselves black. Ethiopians don't consider some, themselves black until it's time for you to vote or elect somebody. And then everybody is all of a sudden they're black. And it's not real. It's not true. They don't, you know, they don't wait, identify. Wait. I'm lost. You're saying Camilla is not black. <laughs> no, she's black, but. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like, no. Kamala Harris Kamala. was Asian. What? She's what you would consider Asian and she's from the Caucasoid Mountains and her, you know, her family is, see, it's the thing about being brown that you can try to, you can identify. Arab people right now are Asian. I don't know if y'all know that. Ethiopian people are really considered Asian. So this thing of, you know, what people are, is very You definitely just taught me something, Ms. Erica. I didn't know that they- Very complicated. Yeah, people. Um, no, I've gone to school with Ethiopian so. people, and they will. They let me know that they weren't black, okay? Because they're Ethiopian. Yeah. 
Because you yeah. think of Ethiopian as brown, but there's the Arab looking kind of Egyptian people, even in Egyptology, like we got people who study Egyptology and Egypt pe Egyptian people right now will tell you that they're Asian or that they're yeah. Arab. They're not calling themselves black. So someone asked me, they said, so do you think, um, oh, the girl that was married to Nick Cannon, what's her name? Mariah, Mariah Carey. Is Mariah Carey black? I said, I can't tell you that. Mariah Carey has to tell you that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but does she, I don't care what color she, she is. She sure can sign. If she does not identify as black, then you can't call her black. Do you understand? Mm. There's a lot of biracial people that'll let you know, right. like, no, I'm not black and I'm not right. white. I'm me, right? right? So you can't say what people are. They got to tell you who they are because they got to tell you what they identify as. Just like right now, if you call somebody a girl and they're like, no, I identify as a man, then you got to take a couple of steps back because they don't see things the way that you see it. But I also right. see with this Black Lives Matter, there's a lot of people that was pumping their fist. Was this really about me? Or was this for me to help you get done what you wanted to do by using the fact that I'm emotional, that I'm hurt, and that I've been systematically oppressed or historically oppressed, and you're using that to power up your movement to get done what you want. And I was actually pleasantly surprised even during this conversation that I, that I learned that even some of us who do identify as Black um, prefer not to be called Black, number one. Well, no, I, that's not the surprise, but the surprise is they feel like they've dealt with it, but the which is the reason why I invited this person to the panel, and I'm not gonna say specifically, but you guys in the conversation will probably catch it. Because it's me, I call know, me out. Call me. No, <laughs> it ain't you. Well, oh, Asian. One reason why I invited her to the conversation is because of her. What I call her calmness. Her calmness. I ain't gonna say I envy it, but I've asked God to calm my spirit, and I'm not there yet. Like I be enraged about stuff, and her calmness and is is believe it or not like she said don't take her black card for not knowing these things it's not not taking her black card because there's some of us that wish to a certain degree we can tune it down a little bit you know what i'm saying for me because i be passionate about stuff and i feel like that's where it comes with the black lives matter how people they depend on that emotion to emotion the, yes they depend on that so keisha mm -hmm. What does Black Lives Matter to, mean to you? What do you what do you believe it means to other people that may not feel the same way that you feel um, about it? Or do you um, have um, an opinion about it? I'm gonna really be honest. I really don't have an opinion. But I think except that it's political. It's when, it gets, when it gets political, I kind of tune out. I mean, mm -hmm. that's one thing I didn't like about the news, period. Like in working in broadcast. When everything becomes political, it's a big thing, and you're you're missing the main point of, of what it's supposed to be about. So, yeah, it's just like somebody's uh, gonna be mad about that, but I think it's actually surprisingly amazing that at least this four panel of women agree on. Now, Black Lives Matter does in some situations they do push some good agendas but for me it's the bullshit that's mixed in with it that i can't get with because right. if it wasn't for them juneteenth back to what sparked all this wouldn't be a national holiday after george george floyd 
they continuously pushed for that to happen. So there are some great things that they are doing in the community, but there are also some other things that some of those leaders are doing for political gain. <clears throat> and obviously for support because they're a nonprofit. So it's some things that they're going to have to dip their toe in that may not have necessarily stood with their original agenda Ooh. that they are allowing people to manipulate them to push to make it beneficial for their supporters or the organizations that are sponsoring them. And of the 13 chapters that were in the United States of America, none of them were led by Black people. Correct. And the people that they have as the uh, figureheads for that are not in charge of the corporation. So, uh, uh, right, again. So, that's exactly what I say when they are using it to push agendas. Now, mm-hmm. and I feel to a certain degree, and that's what made me researching Black Lives Matter, Miss Erica, I learned that. And that's what made me that's what made me come up with the question that I asked you guys. Do you feel like other races should be responsible for the change since we own that? That's where that question stemmed from, because I was like, what? You know what I'm saying? Y'all, yeah. what's matter? And I don't see and I'm not saying that you can't care about black people or the injustices that's going on in the world. But that's where that question stemmed from. Right. Because doing my research, I did find that out. So I'm glad that you know. So yeah. you, we're going to end this conversation because we've been talking for a while. Can, can, can I say something real quick before Absolutely. you end it? Absolutely. I, I feel like it needs to go back to that Michael Jackson song. And he probably wasn't the best to bring up right now. But I mean, he did have a song like, you know, staring at the man in the mirror. Yes. Yeah, that's that's where it has to start. Like if we work on being better people, like we can all work on being better together as one. But until that happens, absolutely. And you know what? Just speaking of, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out here. Um, When you said he's not the best to bring up. Yes, he is, because regardless of what he had going on, he's still a black man. And he still need to be acknowledged for what he did and what he gave to the culture. And he gave a lot to the culture that's not acknowledged or people just overlooked. Right, right. Yeah, because they so stuck on, on his personal life. You know what I'm saying? Or things right. that didn't matter that they overlooked the things that mattered. Right. That's just my that's, It's polarity and uh, yeah, you get, you know, get your... They got off track. You get good with everything, you know? Okay, so I don't know who want to go first with this, but we're going to end this conversation. But what I want you guys to leave, um, to leave my closed door conversations, families with is, what do you hope for future generations? What do you hope they understand about race? And do you feel like, what is your role in helping them understand race and how to navigate it. I could tell you this right now. There's a lot of things that we think about and talk about that are really unimportant that if God were to flip the switch right now and turn the lights on and say, hey, the club is closed. Think about what you've done with your life. What pursuits that you've made, who've you helped, who have you loved, who have you cared about? What difference have you made in the world? When you flip that switch, a lot of the things that we focus on are not gonna matter. Mm. Uh, that's powerful. 
What about you, Asia? Y'all. I don't, I don't really know. Like, I just feel like I would want them to like, just stop focusing on race, learn how to love people, people for who they are. Yes. Just that's, stop I, focusing that's what on I got race. Out of what Erica just said, actually, honestly. Yes. I, have you ever, I don't know if you guys read, but like, I've read a book called the conversations with God It's a trilogy. It's a three part book, but it's like, it, it, to me, it kind of like answered a lot of questions that I had, like coming from church, right? Because when like you grow up, like you said, Mia earlier, you you were taught like you do as I say and not as I, you know what I mean? Like that right. whole mindset, it's just kind of like I kind of shifted away from that and how I kind of raised my sons too. Because it's like at the end of the day, we teach them a lot by our actions, and so I, but I made some adjustments though. To be honest, I'm not saying yeah. it, but I have I have made some adjustments. <laughs> Yeah, because when you know better, you do better. Oh, that's that's where I am. And so but that book, it's just like it's it's it teach it well, it's speaking to like, you know, working on being um a better person because what we don't all realize is that at the end of the day, we're all connected from one source. Oh yes, the law. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, we're focused on these the races. Thing. Exactly. Like she just said. And it's just like, if you focus on being a better person, like we can all like get it together. So that's just what I have to say. Stop focusing on race. <laughs> Asia, text me that text me that title because, you know, I read. I'm a reader. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I like hard copies. <laughs> me too. Me too. What do you hope so- for future generations to understand about race? Well, um, definitely you have to focus on you. And I think as a, as, as your individual family, Mm. we still have to teach our people our history. A lot of us don't know, and it's not going to be taught, but you know, we don't have to make the schools necessarily responsible person, even though they should. If we know about it, we need to be teaching them to go out to these places. Like for us, for me, because I'm from the Gullah Geechee culture, go down to Charleston to see where it started from. Um, go attend some of these festivals, just like Juneteenth. Read up on Juneteenth. Let's go to some of these festivals and and then spread the the education to other people as well so that they are aware. I absolutely agree with that. So ladies, ladies, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Um, as far as my opinion, I completely, completely agree with you guys as far as I think basically everybody feels the same. Um as far as the race is concerned, I feel like people are so focused on race that they, my personal opinion is, people are so focused on race that they forget the people. Mm. I think that you should focus on the people as a whole. And I think you should still be aware of your roots and where you came from. That's important to me. Um, So I think my role in helping people understand that it's just having conversations like we've had here today. The, 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 for me, it is to continue to use my platform to talk about the things that people don't want to um, 
talk about out loud, whether it's sex, whether it's religion, whether it's being black, whether it's being open, whether it's your sexuality, whether it's your identity. For me, it's, my role is, I feel like, is to give them the opportunity to educate them or get other people opinions based on their experiences so that they can draw a better conclusion about who they are, or at least to spark them to want to research who they are or to just make better decisions. And we we briefed over it. We really talked about this with my session with the men is about the black on black violence. Um, I feel like that's a product of that's that comes from you being a product of your environment and making bad decisions. Well, let me not a product of your environment, but based on the decisions that you make. Um, that's a whole nother conversation to be had. But what I'm going to say is people have to just invest in themselves, not invest in the race, not invest in um, what people stereotype them to be or think or want them to be. I think people should be more focused on who they are as a person, but also be aware of who you are as a person, which means knowing your history, knowing the significance of things like Juneteenth, knowing the, knowing the significance about your relationship with God, knowing the significance about, have a conversation with your parents, have a conversation with your grandparents. Like they will teach you things. They're, they're here for a reason. Um, when you come become an adult, the situation will be different. So I am actually going to end this conversation, but I will say social injustices are still out there. We don't want them to be there, but we are responsible for having these hard conversations and making people aware. I do want to end this show because I also did it for the men in honor of Juneteenth. Um, part of Juneteenth is to celebrate the shed also of black blood, which is an African um, flag. So Breonna Taylor, I'm just gonna name some names that people may be familiar with and may not be familiar with, but I definitely want to end the conversation with these people. If you don't know these people or know their stories so that you know that racism and injustice is out there. I'm only doing women because I did men last time on the men's show. So Breonna Taylor, 26, Louisville, Kentucky. Sandra Bland, 24, Houston, Texas. Atiana Jefferson, 28, Fort Worth, Texas. Aura Roser, 40. And I think it's Ann Harbor, Michigan. Yeah, it was Ann Harbor, Michigan. Um, just to name a few. But it, it, the list of injustices done in America is over 50 people in the last five years. And you only is very few that you hear about that you may know about. Again, thank you guys for listening to this conversation. Ladies, thank you for being a part of it. I hope we were able to give you guys by giving you the different viewpoints and a different perspective. I really hope that you are were able to grab something out of this conversation. Leave us a comment, email me, let me know what you think. And as always, we're here for the people. So if it's something that you feel like we need to talk about that we didn't, shoot me an email, leave me a comment, close our conversations. Till next time. Thank you for tuning in to Closed Door Conversations podcast. 
a place where no topic is off limits, no filters will be applied, and no judgment will be allowed. Yes, this is the end of the show, but it's definitely not the end of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. To get even more involved and more exclusive content, join our Patreon community. The conversation continues. Till next time.